You know, okay. <laughs> the floor is yours, miss. All right. So just a little background on me. My name is Sam. Um, full name is Sammy, not Samantha. <laughs> I was born and raised in Jamaica, um, Kingston, Jamaica, to be specific. And I went to boarding school at around 13, 14 to the United States in Connecticut. And then I moved to Georgia. Then after Georgia, I went to Texas. Then after Texas, I went to Florida. And I did all of this before 21. So um, that was quite an adventure. Um, I'm now back in Jamaica. I am a self-love coach, also a elite level power lifter. And I'm also a strength coach. Um, so that's kind of the very basic um information about me you've also got a wicked accent thank you <laughs> yeah it's probably the only one that has trumped mine of being you know a little really? bit exotic oh that's i mean i feel like since i've moved back home my accent like for the years that i was in the states you know that you try and like code switch you try and sound as mm -hmm similar to the people that you're around so that you don't stick out mm -hmm. um and since i've moved back home i feel like my accent is like free for all in. yeah i'm the same like uh if i'm you know get on the phone to me mom or my brothers like my accent goes like super super thick and um if i like then speak to someone straight away here right they have no idea what i'm saying They're like dude can you start speaking exactly. english i'm like i am you know exactly. Oh wow. So um what got you what got you started in the whole fitness thing, right? How did you how did you get into it? So I was on and off in high school. I was in sports because that was mandatory at my boarding school. So we had to do some activity for all of the different seasons like fall. We had like a set number of things we could do. Winter was something different you know, spring, so-and-so. So in each of those seasons, I was forced to do something, um, which I was, I'm an excellent swimmer, but I was really indisciplined at, as a teenager. So I pretty much failed everything um, in these sports. And then finally, I had like a weight training class and I was like, hold on, I am naturally strong. <laughs> And you know, as soon as you start realizing, hold on, I'm actually not as bad at this as I thought I was. It kind of gives you that little motivation to like keep showing up, to keep trying to get better at it. So that was probably my junior year of high school. And then after that, when I went to college, I stuck to it. I was actually in a military program. So I had to be physically active we did all sorts of running which I anybody who knows me from the military days will tell you that I am terrible at organized authority <laughs> so me running me doing anything like that was just terrible I used to have to do so many push-ups so many pull-ups and I mean I got great at those things but not really like the cardio is not really my niche but I really started going to the gym more. Um, I really use it as an outlet for my mental health because from high school to now, I've struggled with my mental health a lot. And just having like a, a even balanced base to work off of. And, you know, it just kind of, I realized that I really love training. And once I 
found a therapist that I loved and I got on some medication and everything evened out. I realized that I wasn't just using it as an avenue to release things. I actually enjoyed it. It wasn't just like gym is therapy, like everyone says, because I'm very adamant that gym is not therapy. Um, I, I realized that I really love fitness and I love movement and I love training and working out and all of that stuff. But I would say that uh, it's not therapy. <laughs> it's not. It's just a resource. Why? Why is it a resource? Yeah. Why, is it, not not, therapy? why is it not therapy? Yeah. I'm interested. So I do not think of the gym as therapy because you don't actually learn the tools that you need for the most part mm -hmm. for when you're not in the gym. Right. So the two hours that we go to the gym for, right, we have all of these endorphins. We feel like we have a mission. We're motivated. And then as soon as we're done with the gym, where does all of that go? There's there's no outlet anymore for us to say, OK, I feel great. I feel like if I have an anxiety, it's like I know what to do with this. It's just you show up, you get your training done, you're zoned in, you're focused, you're intentional. But then after that, there's no unless you find the tools to help yourself, there's no real backative to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I agree because I was the guy that thought gym was therapy. And to an extent, I would agree it is to an extent because you know yeah okay it can be really really good and it can kind of zone you up chill you out for the rest of the day however right it is like so one-dimensional and you like you said which is a really important point is as soon as you get out of the gym right you have no idea how to cope with things if there's not a barbell or some dumbbells in your hand and that that was that was me like that got taken away from me because of an injury and I was like fuck like what am I going to do now? Because I don't have my one and only coping mechanism. You know what I mean? So life kind of taught me that. And I think that's a really, really important point that you brought up. Um, I think people kind of fall into the trap of being one dimensional really easily. Right. I'm just going to hit the gym. I'm like, good. I hope you do. Yeah. Right. But we need something else too. We need something for just the mind where it doesn't stimulate your body whether that is meditation, yoga, therapy, whatever the fuck it is, it doesn't matter, right? We need like a two-pronged approach rather than rather than one. And I mean, listen, I was that person who was at the gym seven days a week taking no rest days because the only time I really felt like I was okay was in the gym, right? So like you're at the gym for three, four hours. People are like, oh, what are you up to? Oh, I'm at the gym. You know, it's, it becomes like a personality trait. And we have to understand that the gym is a beautiful equalizer in terms of we show up and you're no better than me and I'm no better than you because everything is just iron. We're just pumping it out, whatever. But I realized that it doesn't save you from the personality traits, the characteristics, the coping mechanisms that you have. It doesn't save you from those things. For me, training revealed all of those negative things that I had already thought about myself. Like mm. you approach the bar and you're like, I'm not good. I'm not good enough to lift this weight, right? That's what training did to me. It revealed all of those things that I already, like the preconceived notions I already had about myself training kind of brought that to the forefront for me to 
have to address them. Like it hit a wall where I was like, yo, I can't keep ignoring this because every single time I go to the gym, I'm like afraid that I'm not going to be able to lift the weight. I'm not going to be able to do what I need to do because I already feel these things about myself in my day-to-day life. Wow. That shit's deep and that shit is so (laughs) fucking important. Yeah, it is. Spitting some wisdom right now, you know what I mean? Thank you, thank you. I just feel like... I actually, it's so funny that you asked me to come on this podcast because I have been battling with how to discuss mental health on my page. And I think that it's something that's so near and dear to people's heart. Like it's, it was like traumatic for me to go through all of those things. You know, I still deal with that daily trauma of having to wake up with depression, to deal with what anxiety looks like in a day-to-day life. And I think that I was saying to myself, okay, but Sam, you don't want to talk about this to people because it's so vulnerable. And then I realized to myself, okay, if I don't talk about it and everybody else thinks that they shouldn't talk about it, who is going to talk about it? Mm -hmm. How are people going to know that they're not alone in thinking the way that they feel? I feel like mental health and mental illness sometimes makes us feel very isolated. Mm -hmm. And it makes us feel like nobody in the world knows what we're going through, that we're somehow special with those nasty feelings that we have. And I think if we spoke about it more openly, people would realize that we're not really that special. You go through your anxiety moments, your depression, your days where you're like, fuck, I do not want to do this shit. I don't want to be here. And instead of speaking about it, we're all like, I'm fine. (laughs) I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah, like you put on this mask, right, to to play a character that people like, right? So we're kind of like the the whole metaverse like avatar thing really freaks me out because I think we're doing that in society anyway. You know what I mean? We're all playing these kind of avatar roles, right? So then our avatars will like each other. And you're just like, wait, hold on a minute. Like, no wonder we don't fucking feel connected or feel like we can't talk about things or feel alone like you said because like no one's being real yeah but I think that there are two parts to that though because it's equally hard to go on Instagram and like post your life story you know what I mean but even if people are not willing to bridge that gap where Instagram is social media is whatever it is in your day-to-day life, you know, Mm -hmm. let's say that somebody asks you, how are you doing? Instead of just brushing them off, find somebody that you're comfortable with and be like, yo, dude, I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. Instead of just every time somebody asks you how you're doing, you say, I'm fine. Use, Use these moments where people who actually care about you reach out to you and say, hey, are you good? Instead of just lying and saying, yeah, I'm good. Maybe just say, yo, I'm really not good. Mm. Yeah. Just be real. You know, I, I started playing a game like not too long ago. And every time someone would ask me, I I wouldn't lie to them. Like, you know, things have been a bit rough. So they'd be like, how are you doing? I'd be like, shit, how are you? And you would just Mm -hmm. kind of gauge the reaction. And they're always like, oh, all right. Are you all right? Mm -hmm. Do you need some? And the people that genuinely give a fuck will kind of, go into it and be like right what do you need do we need to grab a coffee or whatever I'm like yeah if you've got some time sometime we can grab a coffee even if we don't speak about anything in particular you know what I mean and you you 
are able to sieve through your acquaintances and your friends to see who, uh, you know, really has that connection because, you know, people that don't give a shit, if you turn around and was like, I'm actually doing shit and I didn't care, I would just brush over it and carry on with my day. Right? You're like, okay, cool. Alex isn't the guy I want to spend some time with. Sack him off. Yeah. Right. Life, life shows us who really gives a fuck about us. Like, mm. no questions asked. Mm. You know, and to some extent, I think that sometimes us just saying to somebody hey i'm struggling this is what i've this is what i'm experiencing right now allows that person to also be able to say oh you mm. know i actually had a similar experience and here's how i overcame that you know we're able to bounce those ideas off of each other instead of just being like oh i have nobody to speak to i'm alone all of these things that we tell ourselves because you know depression is a very nasty voice that tells you every bad thing that you've thought about yourself is true mm-hmm. so if you have already for your entire life thought hey i'm alone that depressive voice in your head is just reaffirming to you yeah you're alone you have no friends nobody cares about you mm-hmm. so bridging that gap trust me i know how difficult it is to just say to somebody like yo i'm not good but sometimes that can help somebody else just to be able to feel like they're not alone. Mm. And there's strength in stories too, and there's strength in, in sharing those stories, right? Like like automatically, Absolutely. after listening to your talk for like five minutes, I'm like, this is a bad motherfucker, and I respect the ground <laughs> that she walks on. You know what I mean? Rather than just like, ah, oh, yeah, it's, it's some lady I'm talking to in like Jamaica with a pretty cool accent. It's like, nah, this is a fucking badass person, and I really, really appreciate everything that you do and who you are it's like right okay automatically we've now bonded and connected over something just by sharing some stories and i think um you know it starts starts with the likes of us just kind of breaking the stereotype of you can't talk about it right and then being honest and kind of sitting in your vulnerability you know brene brown turns around and says there's strength in vulnerability and i i think that's so true Absolutely. But I also think that that vulnerability is so hard sometimes to get into because society continuously perpetrates that message of like putting on a brave face, pretending Mm -hmm. like nothing is wrong with you. And I definitely feel like with more people speaking out about their mental health, there's like a group of people who are like not not happy with that because they want us all to be in that box of not speaking about those things that hurt or that are uncomfortable or that put us in weird situations they just want us all to like keep talking like everything is cool we're badasses we don't have Mm -hmm. feelings Mm -hmm. fuck feelings you know and i am i am somebody who really understands that listen there were days when i went to the gym And I would be sitting in that gym doing not one thing. I just went to the gym because I was like, yo, I know that if I don't get out of this bed, I'm going to be in the bed for the entire week. So if I can get myself to the gym every single day and I build up this discipline and this habit of going to the gym at the same time every single day, even if I do not touch weight today, maybe tomorrow will be a better day right? Maybe I'll, I'll have that strength tomorrow. Maybe the day after, even if it's not tomorrow, it may be the day after. And just getting myself into that habit of showing up now, two, three years removed from that, Sammy, I can say that on my days when I'm back to being that person, 
I still have that same discipline. But it's not like the discipline just came out of the blue. Yeah, discipline discipline trumps motivation, trumps inspiration, trumps talent, trumps gifts, what whatever. It's just like, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this because I committed to myself about whatever, right? that I'm not allowing myself to fall victim to my own limitations. And I think that is something that is really important because self-awareness, in my opinion, is one of the greatest things we could ever have. You know, like, okay, naturally my brain operates at a very low frequency. Naturally, on the most average of days on, you know, my year, I will be pretty fucking depressed. I was like, cool. So now I know that, how do I work with it so then it benefits me rather than against it and just butt heads and like fighting the fighting the waves all the time, right? How do we become aware of our own limitation to then use our limitation as a strength and use our strength as a strength so everything then ends up being a positive? Absolutely. And it's, it's super simple on paper to say, you know, oh, I just did this, this and this and I was cured. I don't ever think that it's as simple as people think it is, you know? And I think that it is something that it takes a lot of personal courage to be able to say to yourself, like, yo, I understand that you're struggling, but we have to get up. And yeah. some days you win that battle and some days you don't. And the acceptance and the grace of just understanding that you are allowed to have those bad days too. Like there are some days when I don't force myself to go to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. But I also have to be aware of if every single day is like that, I'm not going to be the person that I know that I can be. Mm -hmm. I always give myself that out to say, all right, we're allowed not to go to the gym today. Okay, we're allowed not to do this today. If I give myself that out every single day, a month down the line that the month the days will have melded together would have passed me by and i will still be a month into the future yep 100 percent. you've got to be able to keep yourself accountable to yourself right you know everyone absolutely you know, and that's, that's the only person who matters yeah that's the only person who matters is is you at the end of the day because listen nobody can go through what you're going through and tell you how it how it plays out you know mm -hmm. what i mean like there's not one single person who looks at your entire life story everything in your brain all of your childhood and things like that and it's just boom they're you no because there's still innate things about us that separate us mm -hmm. that make us who we are and that person i want to be able to look myself in the mirror and say yo you did what you had to do i'm proud of you even on the days that you potentially may have quote unquote fell short to other people, you still showed up for yourself. Yeah. You're a survivor, a warrior, someone that doesn't give up. You know what I mean? And every day is a new day. Every day has a different set of challenges. And, and I do believe every day we are different people in the sense of we're going to gain and lose parts of ourselves from the day previous. And then we're going to have to, apply it to today and then learn from today and apply it to tomorrow and you know we're it's a it's a game of growth and understanding that means you're going to be you're going to have limitations and challenges every single day rather than oh what's the fucking pill i need to take so everything's going to be all right or what's the book i need to read 
and follow this three-step buddy thing to success or whatever. I'm like, good luck, dude. If that's what if that's what you're looking for, good luck. Because uh-huh. you're going to be spinning your wheels and you're going to stay in the same place. Like It's all about growth, man, day to day. Yeah. And I mean, you know, medication has its place. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to fault that at all. But guess what? It's not a magic pill. Fuck, I've been there. Popping pills every day like, whoa, I'm about to be great next week. And next week, guess what? <laughs> whoa, depression pops out of the blue like, whoa, you still there? <laughs> because there's absolutely no pill that magically fixes you. There's just not. There are mm. pills that help you. There are pills that level you off. But if we're looking for the magic, the magic is you. The magic is you doing the work day to day to just say like, fuck, I've done the best that I can. Like some days are good. Some days are okay. And there's going to be in-betweens because that's life. I mean, I every day I just try and find some beauty in the monotony of life because mm. that means that I'm still fucking here. I'm still living. So there's some beauty in that, in my opinion. Mm. Life is a paradox though, right? You know, the only constant in life is change. Everything in life conflicts what conflicts itself and then it kind of leaves this bit in the middle that we just call life. Don't you think that's magic enough as it is? True. That is true. You know what I mean? If you genuinely sit down and think about it, you're like, holy shit, life is life is magic. We try to like yeah. apply, you know, logic to things and we call it intelligence. And to me, it's just mm-hmm. stupidity. Because I'm like, logic is it only going to get you so far, you know? We're not going to understand right. everything. We just need to be able to live and, and grow, change. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how did you come to terms with this? How did you come to realization with, all right, I have an issue? Hmm. I don't think that it's a it's a light bulb moment where all of a sudden you realize that boom, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that it's the culmination of many days of maybe months, maybe years of you saying to yourself that something doesn't seem right here. Like something is not connecting, right? And I think for me, my aha moment was, I was talking to a friend and she was ex- she was describing and explaining a situation to me. And I was like, hmm, here I was thinking that my reactions to something were normal. And she's telling me that who, and I know that she was fairly normal, meaning she was balanced, living her best life, or, you know, as much as we can think everybody's living their best life. And I was like, maybe I am the one who is viewing this thing weirdly. Mm. <laughs> you know, like you're saying to yourself, like, am I, am I the, am I the weird one? <laughs> like you don't, you go around and you're like wondering if everybody thinks the way you do because you haven't had the courage to ask people, hey, are you thinking about this the way I'm thinking about this? Mm-hmm. And you know, those intrusive thoughts that we have, like where we're driving down the road and we're like, swerve the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and we never mention that to anybody. So we don't know that other people are also having that intrusive thought. Or when you have a baby in your hand and you're like, throw the baby, right? Mm-hmm. That's your random intrusive thought. It's not actually, you don't actually want to fling somebody's baby. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but it's, it's, the, it's the thought that nobody is thinking that way. And then I realized that people can function very happily every single day. Like me dragging myself through life was not the norm. Mm-hmm. And realizing that I was like, I've been living like this for so long because I thought that this is just how people lived. Mm-hmm. And realizing that that was not how people lived was my moment where I was like, hmm, perhaps I should get this dealt with. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. and at first, and I think that it's very important, like in the States, which is where I lived for most of my teenage years, right? It is very hard to get mental health care. By the time I was able to get in with a psychiatrist, I was already at like mental health crisis levels, right? I was already past the point of needing intervention. So by the time I was able to actually get in with a psychiatrist, it was almost like borderline too late for me to really see the change instantaneously that I needed to see. Mm. Um, so honestly, there were a couple months there where I was like, I have no idea if I'm going to last, if I'm going to be able to hold out while this medicine starts working, or I'm able to get some reprieve from like the negative thoughts, the anxiety, you know, the overwhelming sense of doom, whatever it was at the time, you know, it, I, I just don't think that there are enough resources for people and I always tell people if anybody ever says anything to me about mental health I'm like listen do not wait until it's too late because when it's too late you'll know that it is too late because there's nobody there's no help then when it's too late because psychiatrists are already in short stock you know you could do something drastic like go to the hospital but who knows what that experience and the trauma that that brings with it is like mm-hmm. i really appreciate you um you sharing that i know it's you know i'm literally a strange face with a strange accent through a computer screen so you know opening up and... it makes it easier i think it makes it easier you know do you think? um i you do. I really think it makes it easier than me talking to my screen like I've been trying to do for like the last couple of weeks and saying to people like yo guys like I made a about me post on my page and I literally posted like probably a paragraph mm. just saying like you know I'm always smiling I'm always laughing but I want you guys to know that I also struggle with mental health every single day and that for me was like I was having anxiety about saying that I was like oh my god they're gonna think I'm crazy <laughs> like you know and I thought about that one like paragraph for so many days and then I was like you know what Sam just let it be it's gonna be what it's gonna be and if somebody wants to judge you or say unkind things about you or anything like that off of something that you've lived through well it cannot possibly be worse than what you've lived through so just let it go <laughs> Mm. the thing is we're all crazy in our own way you know what i mean yeah we're yeah we are all absolutely nuts in our own little unique 
poetic, beautifully uh -huh. beautiful way. You know what I mean? So kind of coming to terms with that, you're like, well, okay, I might have this, this, and this, but that person has that, that, and that. All right, well, both of them is pretty nuts. And the yeah. fact that we're still getting up and doing things every single day is showing so much fucking strength, right? And I think it goes back to sharing those stories, right? Of like, wow, that's what it's like on that side. Wow, that's why I like talking to, to ladies, right? I'm not going to understand what it's like growing up as a woman. I'm not going to get that. Uh -huh. Never will, right? I can only ever talk to enough people and be like, oh, okay, now I can kind of understand this, right? I think that's, I think that's the whole point of being like, this is my limitation. This is kind of what I live with. Um, these are some of the tools that I've used. Try it out, like you said. Uh, if it doesn't work, great. If it does work, great. You know, tell me your story. Right. Mm. I always appreciate it, hearing stories. You know, we go to the cinema, all the pictures, the movies, to, to watch stories. We read books to read stories. We listen to, you know, your parents when you're younger, bedtime stories. Like, I think, I think human beings are wired to connect through stories, right? Connect through other people's experiences. And yet we've kind of fallen trapped to this. Oh, no, 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 no. If we're not, you know, pretty picture, perfect. We can't, we can't share it. It's like, we're keeping up with the Joneses, but guess what? The Joneses don't exist. You know what I mean? They, we are comparing ourselves to something that does not exist. You know, we are living in an organic body, which means it's going to fucking die, right? Which means it is flawed and it means it's not perfect. So how can we be perfect? Absolutely. Mm. And then I also think about the fact that most people post their highlight reels on Instagram. And I think mm. about this all the time. They just post what they want you to see to curate the perfect vision that they have on themselves, right? And that's fine. If some people want to go about it that way, I'm all for that. But I am someone who really prides myself on being authentic. Like I value authenticity and honesty more than I value somebody thinking that I'm perfect or somebody thinking that I'm somebody that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And if I can if I can put the narrative of who I am as somebody who struggles and overcomes versus somebody making a narrative for me, I'm going to do it. Mm. Mm. I think just living the way you want to live and being who you are and putting your heart on your sleeve and calling things how it is, right? Naturally, you're going to get backlash from that. Well, fuck them. Right. You know, if people have the uh, have the right to judge you, which they do. All right. Freedom of thought, freedom of speech. That's fine. You have the right not to give a fuck about it. Absolutely. So absolutely. I mean, you're, you're clearly and doing something right. Said it's easier said. It's easier said than done. Like some mm. days you're especially as a woman, I feel like some days I'm overwhelmed with societal expectations like oh I should be doing this I should be doing that maybe don't curse so much maybe look like this maybe look like that and you're and you're caught up in that wheel right and then you say to yourself pause this has nothing that has nothing to do with me that has nothing to do with me 
Mm. I'm just a cog in that machine. And once you start every single time you have that, that nagging little thought in the back of your head that you should be doing something that you don't want to do just to fit in. Mm. Every time I have that thought, I remind myself, boom, hop off of that, hop off the train. Mm. You're not going that direction. Reroute, boom, 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 backpedal, backpedal. We're back to, we're back to good. Like I have to continuously remind myself, like, that's not you. That's not for you. Mm -hmm. Well, confidence is beautiful though, right? Like someone who knows who they are, accepts themselves for who they are and is willing to work on that and kind of interact with the world around them as who they are, not as some fucking character they want to play, right? That is attractive in every every sense of the word, right? People are going to want to be your mates. People are going to want to, you know, open opportunities for you. Yeah, people might want to fucking go on dates or whatever, but people are, will naturally gravitate around you because they're like, you know what? This person's real, and people think it's a miracle, right? People think it's like a fucking five-step process to whatever. It's like, no, no, no. Like, it's just like being real. You know, yeah, you're going to deal with a lot of shit, a lot of shit. And I've been, like, legit, I've been fired five times for being real, right? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. and every time I've been like, dude, you can't do that. You can't treat someone like that, Right whether that's me, a colleague or whatever, I'm like, I want to hear your side and then I'll say my side and whatever. And say, no, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just being real, right? Mm -hmm. I'm here to relay to you the truth because I respect you and your institute that you've created. If you do not like that and do not want to take that, then you've got an ego problem and that's fine. Then that's up to me whether I'm willing to accept that or not. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. I'm here to dictate whether... I want to be a part of that or not. And most of the time Absolutely. I get, I get the boot, which is fine. Right. <laughs> it's you as yourself, you show up as your best self. Right. Mm. And you can only hope that other people are going to do the same. However, mm. at any given point in time, and this is something I always try and drive home to my clients is that you are the person in the driving seat. I get to decide what I'm willing to accept or not accept. I get to choose my habits, my choices. Peace arrives at my door in the form of choices because mm -hmm. I get to say, boom, I'm not participating in that or boom, I am participating in that. We get to decide where our energy is given or not. And once you, once you realize that that is a superpower, mm. everything, all of your interactions with people become so much simpler because you realize you don't have to be here. You can leave. You are a grown ass person. You can leave. You are not yeah. trapped in, the second we start to think of ourselves as trapped somewhere, we've already let somebody win. The yep. second we start to say, I don't, have the I don't have the choice, I don't have the option, I'm trapped, I'm stuck here. You have immediately given that other person the power to decide what you are or are not doing. Mm. Yeah, that's gold. Legit gold. Like, people feel a sense of desperation too much, right? Absolutely. And I, I think it's because they're scared of rock bottom, right? And rock bottom is honestly the best place on the planet. 
because <laughs> it's you, not there it's not the best place while you're in it i'll fucking oh, tell fuck you that no. but guess what there's absolutely nothing there's <laughs> absolutely nothing as powerful as having nowhere else to go because yeah. you're already on the fucking floor <laughs> <laughs> yeah so true right yeah during it you're gonna hate yourself hate everything around you and think this sucks fucking dick but at the same time like you're gonna look back at that and be like you know what if life kicks me down there again i know i'm gonna survive because i'm gonna be all right so and going back there with no experience mm. every rock bottom i've ever been at has been like fuck this is teaching me more than a lot of my great days taught me you know this is and then the time i'm at rock bottom i'm like shit it's cozy down here. I've already been here before. I'm I'm equipped <laughs> to deal with this. I I know because I've experienced it. I'm life is for me a culmination of our experiences and what we choose to do with the knowledge that we've gained the previous other times that we fucked up. Like if mm. every single time I fuck up, I choose to react the exact same way, I've learned absolutely fucking nothing. Yep. The next time I fuck up, I'm like, damn, I'm I know what to do. Pick me. <laughs> I know what to do. I'm I'm equ- like I'm more equipped to handle all of the shit that eventually comes our way because we're human. Mm. You learn more from failing than you do from getting it right. Like exponentially more. You think so? I think yeah. that we learn more from the journey to either the failure or the success, right? Exactly. I think I think we learn more in that in the process more than we learn at the destination. Mm-hmm. Right? Like let's say parents with powerlifting, right? The amount of strength and perseverance and grit that I show like in a training cycle means far more to me than the actual peak than the actual meet that I'm doing like mm-hmm. yeah it's amazing to go to a meet and PR but the the, the four five six seven eight months that I fucking grinded in that gym to even be able to have enough courage to show up to the stage that's what matters to me more yeah I agree about the journey I do I think if you go on a journey that ultimately undulates and knocks all the walls and then you end up failing. I think all the intrinsic stuff that you learn too about yourself, right? And picking yourself up when your ego is a little bit bruised. I think that is the major point of taking more from from the journey than than a success. Because you, you know, it's hard when you when you win, it's hard not to let the uh, the human mind or the human ego kind of take over and be like, you know what? You're hot shit. You're like, ah, I'm no better than anybody else. You know, it's it's uh-huh. hard. You can kind of fall down that trap. But yeah, I agree with the uh, journey. I think that's a really important point. Absolutely. Winning is, winning feels great in the moment. But I think a lot of people realize that winning is not all it's, it cracks up to be because guess what after you win it's right back to work so you can keep being a winner you don't just you're not just a winner because you win one time you know what I mean like winners are people who continuously are like all right what's next right and I always try and remind myself okay in the midst of trying to get to what's next let's stop be grateful for the journey to get here and then we can continue grinding to be a winner again (laughs) 
Yeah, that's it. The the wolf climbing the mountain is always hungrier than the wolf on top of the mountain, right? Absolutely. It's easy to fall in a trap of complacency and be like, well, I won once. It's like, that doesn't mean shit. Uh-huh. I, um, yeah. I heard a quote a long time ago, which I used to, I used to play in my head a lot for uh, like training for rugby and sports and shit. It was um, all men are created equal. Some work harder in preseason. And I was like, ooh. Yep. And that made me do a hell of a lot of sprints that me and my fat ass did not want to do. <laughs> I have so many little quotes that I say to myself. Like my my best one, I think, is, you know, Thomas the choo-choo train or Thomas the engine, whatever yeah. the fuck people call it. He's like, I think I can. I think I can. Everything I, every time I'm doing anything fucking difficult, I'm like, yo, Sam, I think I can. Like, you can't stop now. You cannot stop now. Or the just keep swimming mm. with Dory. You know, there's so many little things that I've probably said to myself over the years that just really has more to do with just to keep going instead of really reaching the end you know in terms of when you're running right you say that you want to do like three miles right I used to do this thing where I always set a target for me to reach because if I don't know when my destination is coming it is super hard for me to keep going like if I'm running and I'm just saying oh I'm just gonna do three miles but I don't have an actual place in my mind that I'm thinking of to stop like that I can say to myself okay just get to that spot Mm-hmm. It's super hard for me to keep going. And I think life is similar to that because most times we have no idea where we're going. <laughs> yeah. And you've got to be, you've got to be okay in the unknown, right? People fear the unknown. And it's like nothing, nothing is a fact. Nothing's guaranteed. Everything is unknown. You know, what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes is unknown. Um, so you've got to be, you got to be okay with that fact. Oh, the kitty's just jumped up. Hold on. Oh. Hold on. A little sad. Came back. <laughs> All right, she gets she gets all jealous, bless her. <laughs> so cat? Yeah. Yeah. A little monkey. Have you got any pets? I do not, but my dad has many cats. <laughs> Good so. man. Cats are the best. I would love to say it, but I'm a cat person, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a cat person. They're everywhere. I'm very strict about like bed policies, meaning like no outside clothes on the bed, no cats on the bed, none of that shit. So it's like for me, cats do not have any boundaries. They're like, this is my bed. Yeah. And you sleep on it. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't that doesn't fly with me. Yeah, that's about right. But um yeah, that is t- that is totally correct. Everything is theirs, and you're just there to, to help them out. You're just a caretaker. You're the caretaker of the cat. Yep, 
100%, but we're best mates. So, we, you know, we make it work. It's funny. She exactly. is a fucking funny one. Talk to me about the um the powerlifting. Like, what's what's the numbers that we're, we're throwing up? Ah, boy. So, actually, coming next June, I will be Jamaica's first powerlifter to actually compete internationally for Jamaica, um, which is a big thing for me because I never expected to get here. Um, My numbers are, I deadlift around 500 pounds. I bench probably like 225. Um, I'm hoping for a big bench by June. That's my like weakest lift by far. And I squat around four, 400, 415, depending on the day. But I am competing on Saturday. Wow. So I will have a better idea of where my numbers are. Um, I have not competed since 2019. So I've had a lot of time to build these numbers to what I'm comfortable with. Mm. Wow. Um, so yeah. And what, what weight yeah. category? I am for this meet. I think I'm gonna compete at 165. 165. Um, what's that? I think that's. I think that's 75 kg. Yeah, 75 kg. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, Pounds yeah. and kilos throw um, me off so much. Yeah. Um, I will hopefully by June be at 152. Um, I wasn't, this meet is not really, um, it's not a sanctioned meet. It's just like a local national meet that we're having just to like get an idea, put powerlifting more out there in Jamaica. Um, So I'm not really cutting or doing anything like that. Like I'm literally just showing up like it's a regular training day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's uh, what's powerlifting and strength spots like in Jamaica? Is it, has it got a lot of grounds or is it like basically non-existent? It is, it is basically non-existent, but it is slowly getting there. I think that we've always had a lot of strong people who go to the gym, but it's never been like a cohesive group yet. Um, the um, National Powerlifting Association of Jamaica was just founded like maybe like 11 months ago. Wow. If even so much. Congratulations. So we're just now, and we just got IPF approved. So thankfully, we're able to compete internationally. We'll be going to um, the Virgin Islands in February to get our totals for an international meet. So that's really great because a lot of us have been competing like either in the States or, um, you know, just competing locally because we weren't sanctioned to, we -hmm. weren't IPF approved yet. So Mm -hmm. this is a really great like stepping stone for Jamaica to enter the powerlifting world, so to speak. So I fucking love that. Like I love seeing places come up through like strength spots. I, I know it's, you know, it's got so much to give and, and I think uh, fresh blood, fresh mindset and, and fresh people into the spots um, is, is never a bad thing. You know, it always just pushes the, pushes everybody who's already in it it pushes the competition uh, competition pushes the you know kind of like globalization of it and you know it helps us innovate right it's like all right well you're completely fresh to this what's your ideas with it oh okay cool that's a really that's a good idea you know let's let's see what see what we can do with it i think uh i think in the next 10 20 years even well, even less than that 
like powerlifting is going to kick off. I think it will overtake um, weightlifting. Weightlifting kind of likes to shoot itself in the foot. Um, you know, it's a, you know obviously it's an Olympic sport, but so many countries get frigging banned because it's supposed to be tested. And you know, you know the game. Uh, yeah, and it's very. Already on the open offer because you know, with TikTok and so many people on TikTok being like into powerlifting now and like filming everything, I think that's a beautiful thing for the sport because the more people that compete, is the more recognized it is, the more you actually are competing for something. Meaning, if you go to me and you're the only one in your weight class, obviously you're going to win. But if there's 50 other people, then obviously you're actually. Like the whole point of it is to compete, you know? And I think that the more countries that get involved, the more people, it it's it should be more of a community of strength sport. And mm -hmm. that's what I'm really looking forward to, like getting a barbell in more women's hands, letting them know, like, listen, you are not going to get bulky if you go to the gym three times a week. I promise you. I've been working out for how many years? And I, I although I do look bulky, I purposely tried to look this way. Yeah. I did not just show up to the gym and boom, bam, bam, bulk. Most of us who are in this, who are in powerlifting, who look bulky or muscular or whatever, we've been trying to look this way for years. <laughs> it did not happen overnight. Yeah, and it's taken some serious work, right? Listen, the hours, the, the, the days, the months, the years of beating ourselves up in the gym and people think that they're just going to go to the gym for two days a week and come out with traps out the wazoo i'm like that's that's low-key offensive homie that's offensive to me for you to think you can just come up in here and boom traps yeah i, I mean i mean part of me wishes it would be that easy but honestly if it was it'd be boring like I like the monotony of it. I like going in and, and working 10 months for two kilos on your lifts. I fucking love that yeah, shit, man. Yeah. That's what I that's what I get out of bed for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I think powerlifting is is proposed a really really interesting thing because it's it's easy to get into, right? And it's easy to pull people into training for performance, right? Rather than weightlifting, like snatch and clean and jerk it's really complicated like it's very very skillful now you know bench deadlift and squat yeah it's very skillful very technical not as much and i think it's just pulling people in just saying hey instead of like going on the you know sideways single leg leg press donkey kickback concentration curl with a forearm extension and a rotation with a headband on and a jock strap how how about we just do SPD and maybe some like carries, maybe like push and pull, you know, and how about we just get like real good at that? And uh, I think um, in terms of like S and C, I think people are, are going to, it's going to blow up. It's also going to translate over to conventional sports, translate over to people's like physical health in a sense of you are now like strong individuals rather than like, I'm really good on a machine with like my toes elevated to a point of like whatever degree you know what i mean i'm like oh okay cool you you do you man but i i i'm excited to see where it goes absolutely but i do there is a part of powerlifting to me that 
I was just talking about my friend, about this with my friend, about how usually people who get into powerlifting though, it's like they know somebody who's a powerlifter. Like yeah. you don't really just see random people decide to take up powerlifting. It's not like you you like see somebody playing soccer or football or whatever we call in it and boom you have decided to join that club and I think that's part of the thing like it's it's nerve-wracking to show up to a meet and not really have any friends there like you don't really know the etiquette of being a powerlifter you don't know that maybe you should probably have a handler you know you should have somebody who's managing your lifts for the day your um like what's your next lift going to be like maybe helping you with meat day nutrition things of that nature I think more people would be inclined to start powerlifting if they were more in the know about how to actually Mm. compete in powerlifting Mm. so it's a super easy sport to start in terms of you literally need a barbell and you need a gym but the actual process of competing I think is something that is super foreign to a lot of people Mm. Mm, I hadn't thought of it that way. I was more in the sense of participation, but in the in the sense of comp- uh, competition, like yeah, that's that's really true. It does seem like a little bit more nichey, and it's, very, uh, it's also anxiety-inducing to a lot of people because yeah. if I wasn't in Florida. If I was in Florida and didn't have some kick-ass people around me who knew what the fuck they were doing with powerlifting, I'd have never brought my ass to a gym. Yeah, I would yeah. have never gone to a meet because I was like, I'm just going to be the strong gym chick, which mm. there's nothing wrong with that. But for people who do want to compete, I feel like it should be a little bit more like I can Google how to compete in powerlifting. And it shows me exactly step by step. <laughs> How the fuck do I do this? Where do I go? Which federation should I be a part of? You know, there's so many little pieces that we don't think of when we're in it. Mm. Like now that I, I'm trying to explain it to somebody, oh, this is how we do this. This is why we wear knee sleeves. This is why we have wrist wraps. You realize how much shit you just picked up from watching people. But if there's nobody around you who does powerlifting, it's a super weird thing to just decide you're going to do. Mm well there you go i think that's like a shitload of content you've just like created for yourself (laughs) i I had already planned to do shit i wished i knew when i first started lifting and it's definitely starting with those fucking booty bands please (laughs) stop the booty band is gonna give you a fatty it ain't never gonna happen (laughs) i'm gonna uh i'm gonna make a spoof video and i'm gonna wear like tutu and, a, and a pom-poms and i'm only gonna wear the fucking booty bands and i'll send it to you <laughs> yeah this is what you need guys this is all you need um you know. <laughs> oh, booty band. but they'll have you need you know, a booty band, maybe some stairs and you're good to go all you gotta do is walk up some stairs kick your foot back and you're good to go <laughs> oh don't get me started like and those are the people that will have, you know, the pre-workout, the intra-workout, the post-workout. They'll have a belt that they never use. They'll have some fucking gloves that they put on because they don't want to touch metal with no gloves on. Like, motherfucker, you don't come to the gym for pretty hands, man. Like, come on. Like, I never in my life have I ever heard, seen, or met anyone that's always been like, you know what? I'm really into hands. You know, I really like pretty hands. I'm like, no, that's not the thing. That's not a thing, man. Like, 
Come on. Get your fucking hands lucky. Jamaican culture is a little bit weird with stuff. Jamaican culture is definitely weird with little things like that. Like, for example, like women should have nice hands or like smooth hands or whatever. And we have this word that people use to describe women who train and look muscular and they call women who do that stuff tough, right? So like T-O-U-G-H. And it's, it's sort of derogatory. Feels that way when you're being called tough, you know, in terms of like your appearance being perceived that way. Mm. But even before I came back to Jamaica, I never thought that it should be such a big deal that your hands have calluses on it. Like I never, but so many people that I know literally refuse to part with gloves because they cannot imagine trying to touch a man with calloused hands. And I'm like, bro, I'm telling you, if this is a deal breaker between you and this man, red flag red flag <laughs> red flag <laughs> yeah no oh that's really weird like that's uh that's fascinating the cultural differences because being like tough being a derogative term like if you're back home in the uk for example and someone's called tough it just means like they're a bad motherfucker yeah i'm there are, i think there's like obviously like oh you're so tough meaning like you're someone who's like you know, a hard worker or whatever, like, oh, you can push through shit. But then there's also the other, the version of it where somebody's looking at you and you're, they're like, oh, you're tough, you know? And it's like, they're looking at you like, oh, you shouldn't be as muscular as you are. Okay, you should okay. not look the way you look. You should not be lifting what you're lifting. Like there's, there's two parts of it, you know? And it's, Jamaicans have a very, very bad habit of always commenting on appearances. You know, they're, they're the yeah. first ones to tell you, oh, you put on weight or you look fat like it's it's like a cultural thing where people cannot help but mention your physical appearance Mm. wow something i didn't know i don't think i've ever met a jamaican yeah so i mean i mean there are beautiful things about our culture but one of the things that are not is that people don't mind their own business about how you look or don't look that's for Mm. sure (laughs) i had um I coached and he developed into a pretty good mate of mine before like paths kind of, you know, go in different directions, but he was from uh, Trinidad. And, um, yes, I'm sure with the Caribbean, we have similar Trinidad and Jamaica probably have similar cultures, hmm. um, with certain things. I'm obviously not Trinidadian, so I can't a hundred percent say, 100%. um, yes, or no, but the Caribbean is very similar in a lot of ways. I have to admit though, any from anywhere rum is incredible from the caribbean <laughs> holy shit it's so good appleton is top tier like i'm a i'm a rum guy anyway right so anything from from that part of the world like keep me away from it because you'll see the end of the bottle before you can snap your fingers <laughs> mm. Then you'd be drunk. And I'd be pretty drunk, yeah. Right. I got a I got a couple of questions. Three to be precise. Um, number one, what's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? Ooh, this is hard. This is hard. Greatest piece of life advice. 
difficult is not impossible it's just difficult and you can do difficult things mm. and that's something that i think about every single time something is hard that just because it's hard doesn't mean that i can't do it mm. that's a good one yeah that i mean i'm sure i have a little like some little other ones that you know i am take along with me on the way but i think that's the one that's most that's been the most profound to me in mm. most recent years and just understanding that there's nothing that you can't overcome if you think you can overcome it yeah i would 100% agree with that what's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received hmm My brain does a really good job at throwing that shit out so this is going to be hard. <laughs> Worst piece of life advice. I don't know. That's a hard fucking question. Mm. I mean it's good that you've not remembered it. Just do cardio. I'm sure somebody has said that. <laughs> Just do cardio they say you'll be skinny. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Ironically, I would run in a different direction, but I mean that would make me do cardio. Exactly. Just do cardio. Oh. No. Okay. That is pretty shitty advice. Um Yeah, that's pretty shitty. <laughs> last one, three words you would tell your younger self. Ah. Um probably you are enough. Mm. You're enough just as you are. There's nothing that you need to do or need to be or there's no other person's expectations you need to uphold but your own. So definitely that I was enough just as I was. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Always, you know, uh if you ever kind of drifting around and you end up in the bottom right hand corner of the world then then hit me up you know where I am uh, I'm not in the UK Absolutely. right I'm in New Zealand I'm getting mixed up uh yeah we'll grab a coffee and fucking a rum and throw a bar around Absolutely and it's been such a pleasure just having this very open candid conversation um I really appreciate even being on your radar to have this conversation uh -huh. because sometimes i think that we think that we have to have like a certain number of followers or be known to enough people for people to want to have conversations with us so i really appreciate being even invited to have this conversation because i hope that it's um authentic and open and people enjoy just listening to somebody else's story Mm, thank you like um you know i'm all about connecting with people and i go i literally live my life through my gut in the sense of i i kind of live with my heart on my sleeve and and go by feelings and i'm like well yeah i'd really like to have a conversation with this person and it's like cool like i could be wrong you know it could be absolutely shit but most of the time mm -hmm. I'm, i i hit the hit the ball on the head and i'm just like you know what i've gained something from that never mind anyone else You know, and I'm just really appreciative of one, everyone who listens, and two, yourself for giving up your time and and sharing this conversation. Hopefully, one day we can do it in person.
Absolutely. I have to come to Jamaica. I've never been. Come on down. We're here chilling. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll fit right in. You know, I blend in with a piece of paper. I am <laughs> the whitest motherfucker you'll ever meet, but it's okay because I like rum. Yeah, and hopefully the Jamaican sun will tan you up and you won't be so... Fucking... You won't speak out so much. <laughs> I, I, I hope so, but I usually go pink and then go back white, so maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> right, Sammy, I really appreciate you. You go have a, a great day and we'll, uh, we'll speak soon. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. All right, later.